The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to the 247th episode of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, your host. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is supporting family caregiving for ALS. ALS stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is also called Lou Gehrig's disease. ALS is a disease which damages the nerves of the brain and spinal cord. ALS is progressive, meaning that the damage increasingly paralyzes the person, who eventually may be unable to swallow or even breathe. ALS occurs most often to people between the ages of uh, 40 and 70. ALS uh, affects as many as 33,000 North Americans at any given time. 10% of them may live for 10 years or longer, but 80% of them die within two to five years. ALS has no known cure or effective treatment. ALS is a disease for which family caregiving is really and truly important, which is why our topic today, supporting family caregiving with ALS, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. Leslie has been the Care Services Director for the ALS Association Rocky Mountain Chapter since 2004. After receiving her Master's of Physical Therapy at Boston University, she worked as a clinician in various settings before transitioning to the nonprofit sector. Currently, she's responsible for creating, improving, implementing, and maintaining programs available to people living with ALS and their families, friends, and communities in Colorado and Wyoming. She's involved in many parts of the healthcare community in Colorado and has a strong focus on strategic partnerships and collaboration to increase the availability of quality services and increase awareness of ALS. Christine was born in Farmington, Connecticut in 1986 as the youngest of three girls to parents Clyde and Natalia Hanks. In November of 2009, Her mother, Natalia, was diagnosed with ALS. In the spring of 2012, Christine opted to leave her professional work in marketing, which she's been doing for three years, to help take care of her mother. Since then, she's been living at home as a mother's full-time caregiver. And with the help of her father, who works full-time but also lives in the house, and her two sisters, Catherine and Alana, she's been able to help her mother 
keep as healthy and as comfortable as possible. So welcome to the show, Leslie and Christine. Thank you. Now, I'd like to start with Leslie first. Please, Leslie, tell us more about your background and your own experience with family caregiving. Leslie? Well, as you mentioned, um, I do have a professional background in physical therapy and was lucky enough to work in a variety of settings. And one of the things that I realized that I really enjoyed about that um, profession was being able to help family members and um, being able to help people who had a variety of problems get better. And sometimes that meant teaching people to do things in new or different ways. And it was just happenstance that I was able to transition to the nonprofit sector and start working with the ALS Association, and I really feel like it, it landed me where I needed to be. Um, many times in healthcare, we don't have the time allotted to spend with families, educating them, training them doing the important things that they need um, to be family caregivers. And within the ALS Association, I was able to, to really focus on that aspect of the job, which I do so enjoy. Um, so in my many years with the association, I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of family caregivers and supported them throughout many stages, all stages of the disease of ALS, and then continued to support them after they had lost their loved ones. And um, in my own life, I've had experiences being a family caregiver as well, which has definitely added to my work here at the association. Christine, please tell us more about your background and more about your experience with family caregiving in the situation you are now in. Christine? Well, unlike Leslie, I really have no experience in, uh, in family caregiving. The, the only thing that I can think of is growing up, we were such a tight-knit family, and both of my grandparents suffered from serious illnesses. And looking back, I realize now that um, my family invited them into our home to help care for them. And I, I didn't really think about them at the time, but realize now that uh, the comfort of caring for uh, someone who is suffering from a uh, terrible illness in the home is uh, much more comfortable um, and has been so for us as well. Um, and really, my only experience is, is my mom. And I was working professionally and, and really couldn't concentrate after she got diagnosed on my um, professional responsibilities. And one day uh, on a vacation with my family kind of said to my dad and my mom, you know, how would you feel uh, if I moved home and, and helped out full time? And, you know, they accepted me and it, it took a, a couple months uh, for them to really realize how helpful that could be. But uh, the most rewarding piece of it has been for me. It, it's truly a blessing every day. It's a learning experience every day, um, but it's truly a blessing. Thanks, Christine. Back to you, Leslie. Now, please tell us about your work with the ALS Association. What do you do? Um, in the care services director at the, the local chapter in Denver, Colorado, we um, provide services for Colorado and Wyoming, and um, our chapter is part of the national organization, the ALS Association, and that's a network of chapters across the country, and we serve people that have been diagnosed with ALS in our communities, 
And um, as you mentioned in my bio, I'm responsible for doing a lot of um, program development and then also maintaining the programs that, that we have available to people. And those services are really focused on enabling people with ALS and their families to live their lives a little bit easier as they're on this journey. And um, I've also had the pleasure of serving on a variety of committees with our national organization to really make sure that the needs of people um, living every day with ALS are heard on um, a more national and even global forum so that we can do the things necessary to advocate for change, whether that's in the research realm and advocating for new treatments or in the advocacy realm looking at different financial or government programs that may be beneficial or in the services realm and just creating new things. And um, so I'm really able to provide help and services to people when they're faced with this very devastating diagnosis. And devastating it is. Christine, please tell us about your family caregiving for your mom. What do you do, Christine? Well, so she was diagnosed in November of 2010, and it really, uh, she was diagnosed with bulbar ALS, which is a specific type of ALS that basically hits you from the head down. Um, and so as that progressed, um, she really needed more help with um, feeding and just basically daily life. So um, my responsibilities now are a little different than they were when I first moved home uh, in the spring of 2012. But, I mean, on a, I'm here full-time uh, on, a, on a daily basis helping with everything from feeding to bathing um, to basically just keeping her comfortable. Um, and like I said, it's a learning experience every day. And so trying to understand the disease and how it affects her and our family specifically and what we need to do to help um, provide the best care for her as we can uh, as the disease has progressed. And, and the resources have been incredible, but, you know, the help that I also get from my dad, who lives at home but also works full-time, and my sister's, um, has been incredible. Uh, we, we figure out new things every day. Um, and, uh, I mean, just the other day we realized that the uh, portable toilet that she has, she was nicking her uh, ankles on it, so we needed to put bubble wrap on it. And so that's uh, the, the challenges that we face every day are uh, sometimes funny, um, uh, but most of the time difficult. But we, uh, I'm fortunate that I have the experience and the uh, um, opportunity to be able to um, be here every day. Just a quick additional question, Christine. What you're describing is family caregiving as a real family effort, a right. joint effort among you all. Is that right? Yes, yes, absolutely. We, um, we actually take turns. So uh, my mom has a hospital bed that's actually on from the loan program from the ALS Association um, in my parents' bedroom. And so we kind of swap nights. So my dad will spend one night um, with her and I'll spend the next night and you know, I'll, I'll be here until about 6.30 every day, and my dad will come home and spend time with her. And, and we, we try to share that responsibility not only to uh, relieve some of the burden um, from myself and from my dad, um, but also just to kind of share time uh, with my mom. And that's one of the benefits of being a family caregiver because, obviously, you care about the person. And I know my mom appreciates having us um, being there because we all love each other and care about each other so much. Right. Leslie. What we've been hearing about is family caregiving in a, within a family. 
How common would you say is the story that Christine is telling us about her family caregiving? How often do you come across it? And how, what kind of value do you personally place in that kind of family caregiving? Leslie? Um, luckily, it is actually very common. Um, I am shocked and amazed at how many of our families will keep their loved one home through the duration of the disease. And um, it is that that doesn't that doesn't mean that there isn't the occasion where someone does need to go into a nursing home for extra care, but for the most part, families really do rally together and are able to provide care. Um, now, Christine's situation, she's very um, been very generous with her time and her ability to be able to move back home, and so that is a little unique. Usually, it's um, just a spouse providing the care um, with family members coming in uh, at random times, maybe taking some time off on vacation or doing a weekend shift or something. But um, for, for all the reasons Christine mentioned, families are very involved in the care of their loved one when they can be, and they find that it's something they are very passionate about, and um, they, take, they take very seriously, they take to heart almost too much so that they don't give themselves a break every, every now and then when they need it. Leslie, I'm going to stop you there because we'll come back to that point. Also, this is the time where we have to take the pay the rent by taking the break, so we'll do that now. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at VoiceAmericaTRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN or follow along with us at VoiceAmericaTRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. 
Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. Our topic is supporting family caregiving for ALS. Let's now talk about the challenges experienced by persons with ALS and their family caregivers. So, Leslie, with you first, what are the greatest of the challenges faced by persons who have ALS in its earliest stages? Leslie? I think the, the greatest initial challenge is just wrapping your mind around the diagnosis, coming to terms with it, accepting it, accepting the news that you have this disease that average lifespan is two to five years, and there really isn't any good treatment out there. There's not really anything you can go do to try and fight the disease. And that mental and emotional emotional challenge is is staggering. And trying to find hope in what feels like such a hopeless situation is is a challenge that we see on a regular basis. And then aside from the physical changes that occur, which are so variable with everyone who's diagnosed with ALS, um, I think it's just finding resources, identifying support systems that are available to them and to their families, realizing that they're not alone. Um, Many times people get the diagnosis of ALS and have to go, what is that? What's going on? And they feel like, oh, my gosh, no one else in the world has this. And um, to kind of get over that hump and realize they're not alone um, is, is so important. And then planning for the progression of the disease, trying to stay one step ahead when you really don't necessarily want to think about what's going to happen, but needing to make decisions about advanced directives and looking to the future to make some treatment decisions about things such as getting a feeding tube or um, going on a ventilator. I think that trying to look to the future while not really wanting to, still trying to accept what's going on, is a tremendous challenge. And um, for the caregivers trying to take crash courses and become, quote-unquote, experts in so many areas, trying to figure out the healthcare realm and the legal information they need and financial planning and insurance and medical equipment and um it's like a tidal wave that just kind of washes over people when they're newly diagnosed. Right. Christine, what are the greatest of the challenges you've experienced as the family caregiver caring for your mom? Christine? Well, Leslie touched on a lot of them. I would definitely say that the uh, emotional piece of it uh, is, uh, first and foremost, is really difficult as a family to accept it. But once you do that, moving forward, having a plan is huge. Um, but you, you find a lot of challenges in figuring out what that plan looks like um, in terms of helpful devices, machines like the ventilator, when to get them, how to get them, what companies to get them from. I mean, this was such a, a blind challenge that we took on as a family, and like Leslie said, not very many people know about it and know what resources to look for, and so every day is a challenge. But also the physical pieces of it, and that's why being a family caregiver is so helpful because my mom trusts me, um, you know, to do the lifting, you know, to do the bathing, uh, and especially with communication. Communication is really difficult. Um, and 
spending so much time with her and also, you know, in my 27 years, I've gotten to know her pretty well and she's gotten to know me pretty well. We've been able to communicate better, but that is still very difficult and it's very important because as the disease progresses, uh, understanding what she wants um, and what she's comfortable with and what's going to make her comfortable is really, really important. And so having a plan to try to figure out what that looks like and having her be able to communicate that to you um, before she can't is, is a huge challenge but has been really important to us. Leslie, over to you now. What are the greatest of the challenges faced by people who have ALS in its latest stages? You've already mentioned some of them, but please can you sort of pick on the ones that you think um, in the later stages really dominate the way in which we as individuals will face this and the way in which our family caregivers will face this? Sure. Um, I think as ALS progresses, um, accepting help, understanding that um, the person with ALS needs to allow others to care for them is is a big challenge, and it's something that some people don't choose to face or deal with until the later stages of the disease when they have no other choice, and it's some that people some choose to face early on. And allowing others to help them or care for them has such a broad definition. And, um, you know, we, we encourage people to try to allow help in, in just the smallest ways, maybe allowing someone to bring them a meal once a week before they need the physical caregiving piece of it all. And, um, I think that, Accepting help is just very difficult, especially in the face of all of the losses that are happening. Many people with ALS toward its later stages are waking up literally with daily losses in function, and they don't have control over their environment anymore. They don't have control over their own body. They don't have control over the changes that are happening to them, and they may have lost the ability to communicate. And so... This feeling of isolation, this feeling of, of being helpless with all of these daily losses is so tragic in the disease. And then within all of that, finding um, meaning, finding alternative ways to be actively engaged in the world around them becomes a struggle. And um, finding ways to have the meaningful relationships with the people around them becomes difficult. They need to think outside the box on how they can communicate. It, it, they may have lost the ability to use the words, but they can communicate with their eyes. And so um, those challenges, again, aside from all the physical challenges of, of literally not being able to move anymore, being completely paralyzed and um, or progressing towards being completely paralyzed, um, those challenges are kind of um, the unsaid one. You know, those those go without saying. It's more of the mental and emotional challenges that they face as this disease continues to progress, along then with the grief that they have over, um, you know, their their loss of the future and the grief for what they were hoping to have maybe in retirement or seeing grandchildren or even seeing children grow up. And so there's some grief involved in this disease as well as they're experiencing all of these physical losses um, and kind of loss of their, their environment and their life around them. Christine, 
What are the greatest of the challenges you believe you will face in the future as your mom um, moves, unfortunately, forward, if you know what I mean by that, as this condition progresses for her? What are the greatest of the challenges that um, I won't say you fear, but you are concerned that you're going to have to deal with? Christine? You know, I think the greatest challenge in general is fear of the unknown, fear of what we can't control, fear of what she can't control, um, and, and trying to figure out how to plan for that and manage that is really difficult because you try to have as much of a plan as possible, but things change. I mean, just like yesterday, um, we had to deal with a lot of legal documents. I mean, there's a lot of specific things that happen towards the end um, that you have to deal with. I mean, we're, right now we're trying to figure out whether to put her on hospice or just to keep her on regular home care. Is she going to be able to go to the hospital if she has an acute infection? You know, what does she want that's going to make her comfortable? I mean, we have to talk about some really, really difficult things um, and make sure that we can understand what she wants, like I said, before she can't communicate that, because that is so important in basically allowing us to honor her wishes so we can honor her. Um, and so trying to figure out all that stuff um, ahead of time is, is difficult, but we're you know trying to do the best we can. Um, and like I said, just, just trying to honor her wishes is, is difficult, but it's really important. To go back to you, Leslie, just with a brief question, or it's a huge question, but just a brief answer, please. <laughs> you mentioned meaning um, being particularly difficult for the person who's, um, for whom the ALS is in its latest stages. Um, is fulfilling their wishes in the way that Christine's been talking um, part of that meaning as you meant it? It is. I think being able to be involved in, in their own care and direct their care and, um, and have some choice is, is very important and it is something that helps to give them meaning and um, it, they don't feel so much like something, something that is just moved around and cared for, but they feel like someone who's a valuable part of the care team as they should. Right. Christine, this question of meaning, is that something that you recognize in the way in which you're currently looking at interpreting your mom's wishes and intentions? Christine? Yeah, it's, it's really important, just like Leslie said. I mean, that was very poignant the way she said it, uh, making sure she feels like someone, not something. And as the disease progresses, that becomes more difficult. Um, and we try to do the best we can to understand that um, and, and just give her the best quality of the life that she has that day, that moment, as possible so she can have just, just be comfortable and just feel like she can have the most control over this uncontrollable situation as possible. Christine, just a supplementary to that, does that mean that you would be advising people in the situation, families in the situations you're in, to start their planning early. Yeah. Christine, would you go along with that? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I, you know, my dad and I talk about this all the time, having a plan. I mean, we, we literally spent so many hours yesterday trying to figure out the next step. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of that is really hard to do. But if you can try to do it as best as possible, um, that'll be really helpful, even with little things. Like we find that working with these medical device companies, so we just got my mom this eye communication device. It took us three months to get it. And so trying to figure out what you might need in the future and trying to get a jump start on that as part of your plan, whether it be something as specific as talking to a medical device company or something as difficult as talking to the person with ALS about how they might want to pass, how, how they might want to be as comfortable as possible and, and deal with the final stages is all really important. Right. Now, it's time for us once again to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. Our topic is Supporting Family Caregiving for ALS. Let's talk about ways to overcome the challenges experienced by persons with ALS and their family caregivers. So, Leslie, first of all, please would you tell us about the services provided by the ALS Association to help persons with ALS overcome their challenges? Leslie. 
Absolutely. So I will begin by saying that um, there are variations across the country and then um, I know across the world with different organizations. But we at the association um, are primarily here to provide support. That's a lot of information and referrals about the disease, um, helping families know what to do when they need to take those next steps throughout the course of the disease, and then giving them direction on how to take those next steps, what those next steps may be, where to go, who they can use, who they can trust. And um, so that is a huge part of what we do so that families don't need to feel so lost. <laughs> they don't need to feel um, like they just have to open the phone book or Google something online. And um, we provide free loan of medical equipment and communication devices different pieces of equipment that may not be paid for by um, medical insurance or pieces of equipment that um, someone can't afford to buy on their own and or they just need to try out a couple different types of equipment to find what works for them. And so we loan um, the free equipment for as long as they need. We offer support groups and this offers a forum for people to connect with others. Sometimes it's caregivers only. Sometimes it's people with ALS and their caregivers. Sometimes it's a grief support group for those who have lost someone to ALS. But just providing the framework for that community to come together and to share stories and tips and um, to, to really see that they're not isolated, they're not alone, they do have this community around them and they will be okay is, is also another very important piece of what we do. We provide some respite care funding to be able to hire in professional caregivers to give family caregivers a break. We provide educational programs for people with ALS and the community. Um, we provide bereavement support, transportation support, specialized things that may just make life a little bit easier for someone living with ALS. We provide um, a program called the Care Connection, which is a framework for people living with ALS to organize their friends and family that are around them willing to help. Um, how many times does someone say, well, how, tell me how I can help you or let me bring you dinner and this gives you a way to organize it and say, you know what, you can go to my website and you can sign up to bring dinner or you can sign up to take the kids to soccer practice or you can sign up to mow the lawn or shovel the snow. So the Care Connection is a great way to involve the community around someone living with ALS. And then we also partner with multidisciplinary um, health care clinics across the country to be able to provide comprehensive care for someone with ALS. This is a full team approach with a neurologist leading a team of um, therapists and social workers and respiratory therapists and dietitians and um, everyone, every medical professional someone with ALS would need um, providing that comprehensive kind of one-shop stop care to someone with ALS and um, the chapters really partner with those teams so that we can be an extension of that clinical team to be able to provide things that they need maybe in their homes, um, right. support and information. Leslie, I'm going to stop you there because I want to move to Christine and I want Christine please you to tell us about the services you've received that were provided by the ALS Association to help your mom with ALS overcome the challenges. Tell us about those services. Christine? Well, honestly, the first thing that we received was just general support. Um, 
you know, their website is absolutely amazing. They have tons of references. And so just that um, as a support, but also the people at the ALS Association are phenomenal. Um, and one of the biggest things that they helped us do is basically get involved with the ALS community. Um, we got involved with the ALS walk that they do uh, every fall in Denver, and that was a huge jumping point for us uh, to be able to get connected with um, other people that are struggling uh, with the disease and families. Uh, I also learned uh, at the walk about devices that we have then uh, used in our home to help my mom. Um, and just support in general has been huge. But as Leslie uh, mentioned, their loan program is amazing. Half the things that we use on a daily basis, from a Hoyer lift to shower chairs to a recliner to hospital tables to our hospital bed, they all have provided on loan um, free of charge until we're done using it. And if we call them asking for something that they don't have available, they are so diligent and will keep their eyes and ears open until that becomes available, and they'll call us right away. And they've actually delivered uh, some things to our house, and we're two hours away from where their main office is. So they're just they're on top of it, and they make us feel important and that they really care. And that is probably one of the uh, most amazing things that we, could, uh, we haven't even asked for and, and that they've delivered, and we really appreciate that. Great. Leslie, please tell us more about how you provide the services, you know, the ALS Association services, and how you gauge their success. Uh, after what Christine was just saying, um, gauging their success sounds as though it's going to be a pretty optimistic thing. But nevertheless, I'd like you to tell us more about how you judge what's working, what's working perhaps not as well as it might. Leslie. Absolutely. Um, so our services are all provided for free to anyone living with ALS, and um, Colorado is a fun place to come and visit. So we provide you know support to people who may just be here on vacation, and um, and that goes for any of the chapters across the country. And um, our services are provided by um, a staff of um, care services professionals that we have here at the office, and um, but more so provided by volunteers. We have a phenomenal network of volunteers who will deliver equipment or come and clean medical equipment or um, help with anything we may need um, to, to provide our services. And... Um, our services are all paid for through fundraisers that we do. And so it's a really grassroots local effort to, um, that takes place to be able to provide the services to the people that we um, work for. And um, the success is gauged purely by usage and by subjective comments, uh, much like Christine just said. Um, when we hear the relief from a family member that was able to hire and care um, and get a full night's sleep or um, they were able to safely transfer their loved one from their wheelchair to their bed or the person with ALS was able to sleep through the night because they had a hospital bed and could be propped up and were more comfortable, that truly is success in our book. And... Um, there have been, you know, very few things that we've tried actually that, that haven't been successful. And I don't know if that's because the needs are so great in the community or if we just keep hitting the nail on the head. But um, 
it's you know the attendance at support groups and the attendance at our events and the um, the usage of the equipment that's going in and out constantly and the number of phone calls that we get and emails that we get from families um, constantly asking for help is how we know that we are doing a good job and we know that we're providing the services that we need to provide for our families and the fact that our families um, continue to come back to us and ask for more questions and ask for more help tells us that they're happy with the job we're doing. Very good. Christine, um, it may be that you get other services besides those provided by the association. If you do, please could you tell us about those and how they're provided and how you gauge their success. Now, on the other hand, if everything you need is coming from the ALS Association. That's important for us to discuss as well. So, Christine, please tell us about those, uh, the, the broader sense of services. Sure. Well, we, we do uh, receive a number of different services, um, and they all provide different services for us. The ALS Association is our greatest resource and such a great support. Uh, we also receive um, support from our home health care and hospice of the Valley. We live in the Vale Valley, um, and so based on our health care, we get, um, you know, nine hours of uh, certified uh, nurse's assistant uh, care a week, and we get um, a registered nurse that comes twice a week basically to check my mom's vitals and talk to us about um, more specific um, medical questions. Um, and so we get support there. Um, and it's it's tough to gauge the um, specific services we receive because um, our family considers, you know, friends contacting us and, and, like Leslie mentioned, coming and cooking a meal for us um, as, as a service. And so it's all a little different, but um, it's been a learning experience, and the ALS Association has helped us a lot in understanding what some of those other services um, would look like and, and where we can find them, especially specific to where we live because we live in such a remote location. Um, but in general, the way that we gauge the success is on my mom's reaction and her comfort. I mean, it's all about her. We're here for her. Um, and it's a lot of trial and error, um, and we, we definitely have some error, but thankfully she's very resilient um, and willing to put up with some of those, uh, the trials and tribulations. But um, the, the measure of success is, is just whether it works for her and works for our family or not. You know, living up at this high elevation, things are different for us than they would be for a family living maybe in San Diego or something like that. Um, and so just trying to figure that out on a daily basis and whether it works for her or not um, is whether we can consider it a success or not. It seems to me, both of you, that there's a community at work here. That is to say, the families are, if you like, the family community. Then beyond are all the things that the ALS Society is doing, what the volunteers are doing, what the other people in the communities are doing, and that sense of um, supporting and support, which is what this episode is actually about. And so that's... I hope you both feel proud of that. That should be the my final summary, but I have another one coming up. But I just want to say that's my reaction to what you've just been saying. Now, given that, it's time once again for the break. So we'll take this now. This is Dr. Gordon Elderly, and my guests are Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back.
what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Coeur de Grace, the heart of grace, is an uplifting program hosted each week by Maria Rodriguez. Each show is made up of pieces of wisdom that you can use in your everyday life, moving ever closer to transformation through inspiration. Your heart knows there is more to come, more beauty, more joy, and more truth. All you need to do is tune in. Maria will help you move toward who you really want to be, becoming a more active co-creator in your world. Coeur de Grace is heard live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Leslie Ryan and Christine Hanks. Our topic is supporting family caregiving for ALS. Now let's talk about the things that both of you would like to do and see done to improve help for persons with ALS and their family caregivers. Starting with you, Leslie, what more would you like to do? And I'm you in the sense of an individual, but you also in the sense of the ALS Society and see done by healthcare services. Leslie? I would like to see some improved and increased training for family caregivers. And that is something that I think I would like us to do as an association, but I would like to see done also by healthcare services in general. So many family caregivers are going into this blind, and that can result in injury, that can result in errors. And so I think that some training is key. I think also just support and recognition for the tremendous job that family caregivers are doing is something that we as a society need to do. We need to provide them that support, whether that's through time off at work or just the support of saying thank you and what can I do and how can I help. And um, within the healthcare system, I think that supporting a multidisciplinary approach 
um, to health care and really looking at a collaboration between family caregivers and health care providers, kind of trending toward a palliative care um, model for people with ALS especially, I think will really provide high quality care in adding value to someone's life as they're living with ALS if we can get the family caregivers, healthcare professionals, and a multidisciplinary team kind of taking charge of um, finding out the wishes of the person living with ALS and giving them what they need to live a quality life. Christine, what more would you like to see done through the ALS Association? That's a really tough question because I honestly, you know, I, I can't think of much else that they can do. It, I think the most difficult thing in general um, is the lack of knowledge about the disease makes it really difficult for us as a family, but I'm sure also for the ALS Association. Um, and they have so many resources that I just encourage people out there to use those resources. I don't think it's about what else the ALS Association can do. I think it's about what we as caregivers and families can ask for in terms of help and resources because they are doing so much and they know so much more than we do or ever could. And so it's, it's just about trying to reach out um, and, and use those resources because they are so abundant. Um, and, and the ALS Association has been phenomenal. I mean, I, I really can't say anything else. Chris, Christine, just a quick supplementary. It's, you're describing the family caregivers as needing to reach in to the website to get information they need. And I think you're encouraging the ALS Association to encourage families to reach in to get the information they need so that uh, the information barrier, because that's what it's been and still is in many instances, is overcome. Have I understood you right on that? Yeah, I mean, that's the toughest thing is um, the ALS Association does such a good job and, and it's really, it must be really difficult for them to try to um, reach out to all those families. But yeah, I mean, encouraging those families to use the resources that they have um, because they have so many uh, would, be, would be wonderful and not that they haven't done that already. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really just encouraging the families to try to use those resources and stay in as much communication as they can with those resources like the ALS Association because the, the more you can be in communication with those resources like the ALS Association, the better off you'll be, the, the easier it will be. I, I, can, I can tell you that for sure. Got it. Leslie, what's your message for family caregivers caring for family members with ALS? What's your, what's, what do you want to say to them? Leslie? Uh, you know, I want to say that this is definitely not an easy job, a smooth journey, not one that anyone signed up for, um, but you're not alone in this, and that there are people that are ready and willing to help, and uh, I encourage them to reach out for help and do it early so that that you as a caregiver and you as a family can get used to asking for help and do it often so that you can reap the benefits of all of the different kinds of help that are out there. And the other thing I would like to say is that, you know, as a caregiver, don't ever forget your initial role as a spouse, a child, a sibling. Um, you, you are more than a caregiver, and you need to continue to make time for that relationship that you have with the person with ALS 
as um, the person that you are, not just as their caregiver. And so if every day you can just take five minutes to say, wait a second, I'm not a caregiver right now. I'm your daughter. I'm your wife. And um, and spend some time doing that. I think that, that is, those are precious moments. And um, that's for anyone who's a caregiver, but especially for people with ALS. And just thank you for doing the, the tremendous job that you're doing. Great. Christine, what is your message for family caregivers caring for family members with ALS? You know, in general, I would just say um, if you have an opportunity to do it uh, like I did, take it. Um, I, you know, I'm only 27, but I wouldn't trade this for the world. It has been a tremendous challenge, but um, an unbelievable blessing. Every day is, is truly a blessing to be able to spend time and work through those challenges. You know, we were a tight-knit family before, but um, it, it's, it's amazing how much closer we've grown um, dealing with this as a family. Um, the other thing I would say is really try to communicate as best as possible with the person with ALS, whether they are in the stage where they're willing to kind of accept it or not. I think communication is key. It's going to be really difficult, but you need to try to push through that because really understanding what they want is, I think, the most important thing. Um, and also just use your resources. Talk to your friends, your family members. You'll be surprised when you talk about what you're going through to other people, how many other people um, have been affected by it, whether directly or indirectly, and they might have suggestions for you. And especially because there's so little that we know about the disease, you know, those little things can, can really be helpful. They can, they can turn into uh, big pieces of help um, in, in this crazy journey. And so, and I just encourage you to uh, also just lean on your friends and your family because it is tough. Um, and if you don't ask for help, uh, it's going to be tougher. What I'd like to say to both of you is I... I am hearing you talking about community. I'm hearing you talk about needs for information. I'm here talking about hearing, hearing you talk about um, support from all sides, among ourselves as communities, among the people um, who are providing the care, among the people who are involved in the family caregiving. And then also that sense of giving the message that the family caregivers as well as the person with the condition, with ALS, are not alone. There are others that are walking the same journey, traveling the same road as the family, as the family member. Um, I've noticed very strongly from being the host on this show that those three things are really fundamental to family caregiving and that speaks, and I'm just going to repeat it very quickly, the need for information, um, the need for the support among themselves, and the need for the sense of not, not being alone. I want to thank you both, Leslie and Christine, for giving us all this knowledge, giving us, sharing your experience, sharing your insights, also providing some very fundamental advice. So to you both in your different work, your collective work, I wish you every success. And I think that other 
family caregiver groups coping with other illnesses of equal severity or perhaps not such severity can also benefit from what you've been saying. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be clinical trials, benefits and protections. Please join us same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.